Welcome to the Thousand Greens podcast. I'm your host, Love Goel. Thousand Greens is the social network for members of private golf clubs seeking camaraderie through golf. Golf anywhere, friends everywhere. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you directly. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or comments about how we're doing. We'd love your feedback and thoughts on how we can improve the show. Contact information is in the show notes. And as always, if you're thinking about joining the network, direct your browser to thousandgreens.com or download the app from any of the app stores. Today, we venture to the Great White North and speak with Coppinwood member and consummate Thousand Greens host, Galen Udell. Galen tells us about his own history trying to build a golf network, why he decided to join Thousand Greens instead, and how Thousand Greens has made his golfing life better. We also talk rebuilding a golf swing after an injury, how to get started learning about golf architecture, and Galen's experiences playing club matches in Scotland and Ireland. Welcome to the show, Galen. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Galen, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a second career entrepreneur, um, actually similar to Manesh in that way, came out of the tech uh, industry. I uh, was lucky enough or fortunate enough to retire in, in my early 50s um, and then went into the startup world and uh, took a track uh, along the lines of, of doing a marketplace uh, a product for dog owners specifically. I'm a, a dog owner and lover. Um, and we, you know, built something that, that we felt was really needed in the community. Um, it languishes now as most uh, tech startups do. And, and I think quickly realized that I'm much better at being a uh, coach than a quarterback. Um, and so I'm now a, an investor, an angel investor. I uh, have a number of, of tech startups that I have invested in. Uh, and I also, also work as a mentor uh, for tech startups. Uh, so from a business perspective, that's sort of what I do. And venturing a little bit back into the into the quarterback side of things and, and launching something now uh, with a uh, in the space of uh, intelligent infrastructure, which brings me back to what I did in my early days uh, back in the 90s with IBM. From a golf perspective, I've uh, I, I worked my way, you know, came to a game late, took a lot of lessons, um, moved from, you know, being that guy who tried to just hit it as hard as I could uh, and and big slice to actually having a, a pretty good game, worked myself down to about a five index. Then through travel and injury, um, game got worse, went up to about a 15. Uh, now subsequently had uh, my right hip replaced and my left knee replaced. And then I had to learn how to swing all over because I created this swing for a body that wasn't functioning properly. So now I stand up straight and I can hit. And, I'm, and I've been working myself back down to about an eight index and kind of bounce around between sort of eight and 10. Tell us a little bit about your new project. So what, what is it that you're working on? Whatever you can share with us. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's all has to do with um, trying to bring IoT devices into, uh, into infrastructure for buildings, uh, whether it be commercial or multi-tenant residential. Uh, and it's really trying to bridge the gap where, uh, when I started down this road in the late 90s with IBM, we, we were looking at intelligent infrastructure, uh, but the IoT devices didn't exist. And so we really predate ourselves. And it's been a passion area of mine. And I now have that ability to come back at it uh, that because the technology is there. And so I have some friends that are, are great in the software side of things, some engineers. And so we're looking at trying to solve unified communications across a number of different devices where today, Everything's still relatively siloed. Did you grow up in Canada? I, I grew up in Canada. I did. Uh, I uh, and I grew up in Western Canada. 
um, I've migrated to Eastern Canada. And how I actually came across it was through IBM. So when I uh, first uh, out of the university, came out to Eastern Canada to work for IBM, IBM had its own country club and golf course. And I ended up uh, having two roommates that were golf addicts. And so every night after work, they were heading to the IBM golf course, which was $5 to play as a, as an employee of IBM. And so they dragged me along and five bucks was pretty cheap for a, you know, new, uh, intern kind of employee coming in. And, uh, and so I kind of watched them and said, okay, I can do this. And sure enough, you, you, if you have a little bit of athletic ability, you can start down that road. But I quickly realized lessons were going to be the way to get better at it. And, and it's just, an, it's just such an addictive game. Um, I think that every time you go out and play it, it's different. It's, you know, the condition, course conditions are different. The wind conditions are different. The, the people you play with is different. It's in, and how your body performs is different. And so I, that's what I liked about it. It's, it's that challenge of every time you go out, you're, you, you've got something else you're dealing with. Describe now for us, what's it like to play around with Galen? I, like, I like to go out and have a lot of fun uh, when I play. Um, sometimes uh, it's a little, a little intense because of that competitiveness. Um, but I beat myself up probably more. Uh, I think that there's, when you've played well at one level, so eventually I was a five index at one point in time, when you're when you struggle, I think that that sometimes you get a little more disappointed with yourself um, on things. And so there's that piece of it. But I, I really do try to have as much fun as I can. Enjoy, laugh. It's it's it is about the company you keep. It's a it's about spending time with people and being able to you know, get outside of your comfort zone in a lot of cases and, uh, and and then just learn about other people. And you mentioned earlier that you know, through work, through your career at IBM, you had an opportunity to spend a lot of time on the golf course for work and and to see lots of courses in different parts of the world. Would you call yourself an architecture aficionado because of all the places you've seen? I am not an architect guy. In fact, I've been kind of schooled on that in the last, I guess, the last two years as we ended up having the lockdown and I was part of the original group uh on on thousand greens the bubble at that, that time and then uh and then there was a few that kind of moved over into uh, more of the drinking fun guys and there was a lot of architecture guys and there was a lot of conversation about architecture and i really felt quite out of it and then i was uh, invited down to uh to play a member guest with another thousand greens uh, person steve jason uh down at his course uh shout out to steve great guy and he's architect he's telling me all about the greens and I'm like I don't really know so I bought a book just recently and I just started reading up on the architecture of courses because I think it's really important to understand that and know that piece of so no not an architecture guy trying to learn to be one what, um, what, what book did you I'm pick up about, so the book is called golf grand design the evolution of golf architecture in America and the author is uh, Bob Cup. Bob Cup, and that's available on Amazon, it sounds like. It is, yeah. It's walking through 25 different architects and a whole, one specific hole they've kind of created and talking about the design of, of that hole and where did it come from. And, um, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one designer talking about a number of different designers. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm going to be trying to pick up and read as many different books on architecture as I can and try to figure that out. But... For me, it's, uh, you know, it's the company. It's, 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 you know, you go to a course, 
as long as it's challenging, as long as it's fun, you know, you've got good people with you. That's what I look for in a course. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's, I think when you go into the private side of it, you have the opportunity to see some just amazing courses with amazing homes around them, places you'll never get to see, right? Because if you drive by them on the street, they're all gated up. When you get to the golf course, you get to see those wonderful homes and kind of see how everything is laid out. And that's what I love about. Tell us a little bit about your favorite courses, some of the bucket list courses you've played, and what are those experiences, what make those experiences really wonderful for you? Top of my list, I know, you know, a number of people you've asked, which is really hard. It's a hard thing to do because I think sometimes it's about who you're with and what you're doing, which makes the course fun. But I mean, top of the list has to be my course. I'm, I've, uh, from the day I walked onto Coppinwood, um, it, it is a golfer's golf course. There's uh, one home on the course, uh, which was with the original landowner of it. It's, it, it is, it's a place you go to just to play golf. Um, you know, not a, not a gigantic clubhouse. It's, we don't, we have no other, uh, accoutrements other than a golf, you know, a clubhouse, a couple of rooms upstairs to stay in, you know, a small pro shop. It's golf. It's just go out and get it. And it's, and it's fun. It's a great club, wonderful membership. So it's the top of my list. I, I just look forward to playing it and I can play it every day. I had a great opportunity, um, through, you know, a, a wonderful member of, of Thousand Greens. Uh, Dave Forgan, shout out to Dave, uh, amazing guy. He had, he was the first guy I knew that was trying to uh, do the golf top 100 list. And so with that, he arranged these great trips. And, uh, and so I got an opportunity to go play at uh, a couple of great courses with him, uh, Royal County Down and Port Rush. We had to play Balderrama, you know, so really interesting, great groups of guys that got put together to go on those trips. So you know, those ones, I've, I've got to tick off a lot of those big courses, which is great. Um, but we also did a, a club event uh, probably about 10 years ago. Uh, there was a group of us that went over and we played at a course called Ashkenesh, which is a, just a complete, uh, amazing throwback course. It's an old Tom Morris course that had uh, in World War One got used as an RIF landing uh, strip. So the course went, went uh, dormant. And in the late 1990s, four businessmen, including a couple from Canada, uh, rediscovered it. And they hired an architect who specializes in old Tom Morris courses. And they redeveloped the course in the fashion of the late 1800s. So it's rustic. It's barren. There's rabbit holes in the middle of fairways. The greens are probably running at about a seven because that's about all they can. They're so undulating. There's so much wind. And we went out and we played matches against their club and uh so my we're playing doubles my partner and i we, we get paired up and so we're playing the fishmonger and the uh and the plumber and uh and the plumber you know he, he pulls out his clubs and these are all old some old wooden hickory drivers and stuff and we're like oh we're gonna kick them apart and and he's like well he's like he's like a 15 handicap he birdies the first three holes and we're like, I don't know what handicap you guys have out here, but that's not a funny. <laughs> but it was fun. It was great fun. We walked the course, and then we went from there. We went up. We played matches against Dornick. you know. And so to go to play club matches against these famous clubs and old clubs, and then hosted for dinner afterwards. I mean, these were these become your favorites because they just get burned into your memory of 
what you got to do when you were at these special courses. And then one of them, which a lot of people don't really like that much, is I, I love Bay Hill. And, and it's one of those courses for me because I played Tiger Woods golf and did all this. And it, it was burned into my head, that course. And when I got to that course and walked it with a caddy, you just got that sense. And I could, it, you could picture every hole. And it's still, it's, it's, it's burned into my brain. I could, I can walk through every hole in that course. And I played it probably, you know, seven or eight times. And every time I played it well, it's just because I just have a comfort feel when I walk onto that course, which I really enjoy. I got a chance to play Shadow Creek this past weekend, went out for a tournament out there. Unfortunately, you know, we got rained off the course after 12, 13 holes, uh, but it was, it was great. I got to drive around the court, the holes we didn't get to play just a special so that got kind of knocked off my bucket list uh you know i played county down played port rush i played shashen in, in shanghai played royal durban so i played some really cool courses tell us about the best shot you've ever hit or if you have a hole in one story i want to hear it so i i have a hole in one story um the unfortunate part was and people will say doesn't count because i was playing on my own but there was a group that was just walking off the green that witnessed it. So at least it was, and it was the day before Christmas. I was down in South Carolina. My, 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 my parents are in South Carolina. So I was down there and it was just before it was, it was uh, Christmas Eve, went out to play on my own. And uh, it was about 135 yard hole. And the guys were just, off, just clearing the green, walking off the back end of the green, hit my shot, hit the, hit one hop, hit the stick in, they all turned around, saw it. So at least it was it was good from that perspective, because <laughs> um, otherwise it doesn't count. Probably the the best one for me though was I, I was playing at a a, a tournament, a four day tournament at Sawgrass, a pro am, and I had a wicked uh, head cold that was turning into a, um, a a real problem, and I was hopped up on drugs. So there was a, a, you know, you're paying, paying your um, money for skins. Um, and uh, so I went into the, into the gross skins uh, by accident. I meant to go into the net skins, but I was so out of it. And I put my money in. So there's uh, 18 teams there, all with pros. It's a pro-am kind of thing. Half the field went into the gross skins. First day, 165-yard shot, hole it for an eagle. And I take home all of the skins. On the on the gross skin, and all these pros at the end are like, "Who's this guy who's got it?" I, and and I was so out of it that I I wanted, and it was a pure shot. My caddy's like, "That is just not leaving the stick," and you know, it was one of those where you just feel it come off the club. But I don't remember too much other than that, just hitting the ball because I was he was just shut of shuttling me around the whole round so I could make it there. But it was uh, it was a great experience to 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 do that and then take a whack of money. Uh, in the process. So, <laughs> if you were king of golf for a day, what would you change uh, as far as rule, etiquette, dress code, anything at all? Being a guy who's not a scratch golfer, I would say is the opportunity to actually take a, a, a practice swing in a bunker to just to get a, a sense of what the sand is like. Every bunker, uh, every course has different bunkering. Uh, every uh, bunker on a course could be slightly different. And unless you're, you know, a, a, a scratch golfer who's playing in bunkers all the time, it, it's a difficult thing. And I think that's where, you know, guys who are mid to high handicap really will struggle 
you, you could you could blow up so easily. You, but if you got an opportunity just to take a practice swing in a bunker, just to get a sense of okay, what is what's the you know it's been wetted down or is it a you know firm bunker is it light sand whatever it might be um and none of us get it you know none of us take that chance to practice you know we go out before and hit the range you're hitting balls a few times nobody ever goes over and hit the bunker shot so. <laughs> yeah how did you first hear about thousand greens after my my first startup um I traveled with my wife um on a she was on a business trip to India and Philippines and I um, was accompanying her and hotel I'm staying at is overlooking at each, at each location in Delhi and in, in Manila. I'm overlooking a private golf club. I'm thinking, God, I just want to go play. I'm not doing anything here. She's working. I'm going to, I want to go play golf. And, but trying to get on, you know, to a private club is extremely difficult to do. And so, um, I hearkened back to my old days. I used to be belong to another club that was part of Club Corp. And I had a club court membership that allowed me to go and play all these different clubs just by paying a cart fee. And I could go play all these different clubs uh, throughout North America. And then I started to think about, well, how, how is it that I could get onto a private course? Well, the, really the only one I'd heard of previously was Eden Club. And, and Eden is a little bit older, um, but it was extremely expensive. $100,000, I think, to join, $10,000 a year kind of idea. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, we can solve this with technology. We can, why do we not have a solution today where we can bring this all together? So I was, I was going to do that. I started to, I was building a business plan, putting it all together, kind of creating the difference between uh, Eden Club and the Club Corp one. Was, had actually registered a name for a company, was starting to build a website, was going out there doing, and in my competitive analysis, I came across Thousand Greens. I'm like, Hell, this guy's making it. I don't need to do it. I'm not spending any more money on this. And I joined immediately. I contacted Manesh and I said, Manesh, I love what you're doing. This, this is perfect. Here's my business plan. Here's what I've been working on. Just share it all with you. And I was along for the ride right, right at the beginning. I just, it, he and I had a great conversation, loved what he was doing. And, uh, and, and, you know, the rest is history. I've just been a big, big fan of what he's been doing. Uh, all the way through um, and and have been supporting and much to my own chagrin, I think we have 17 members at Coppinwood and probably all through me telling them about Thousand Greens. So hosting became a bit of a challenge because uh, it suddenly became uh, a feeding frenzy when someone wanted to play our course. What is it about Thousand Greens that's different from Club Corp and Eden that makes you excited to be a part of it and uh, it, it makes you continue to be a part of it. So, so the Club Corp one was you could go play on your own. Um, so you, there was no hosting opportunity. There was no, you didn't meet other members of other clubs. It was, I would just arrive. I could get a, I could get a tea time. I could bring guests with me. Um, and that's one way to experience a course. And it, it's it, the, the, the beauty of that was, Hey, I get to play a private course. I'm probably going to play it in four hours versus going to a public course where it's going to be five hours, five and a half hours. So that aspect of it was great, but it, you missed out on that opportunity to get to know a member, for a member to walk you around the course and tell you some things about the course and how to play it and where the, you know, where the difficulties lie and all those kind of things. Um, Eden Club, I, I knew some members of Eden Club. And I think they became very disenchanted with it over time. Uh, again, some of the same, they would, just, they would do group outings in, in a lot of cases. And so it was guys getting together from other clubs going to play another club. Again, you didn't have that experience of somebody at the club 
hosting you and taking care of you. That's what I like about Thousand Greens is I've met so many great people. I've, I've hosted, uh, I've hosted way more than I've actually gone to other courses. Um, so I'm meeting a bunch of people. I mean, I met a pilot from England who'd come in. I've met, you know, a couple of uh, folks from, from the Canadian area. Uh, I've got people lining up to come uh, next year now that people can travel into Canada again. You know, so I think it's that opportunity to host and show off what a great course we have, um, but at the same time going and meeting folks. And I went to our very first event uh, out of Olympia Fields and met some wonderful people there. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, so there's opportunity to go and, and, you know, meet a bunch of new members who are members of other clubs, but then also be hosted by somebody and get to know and get the real sense of what their course is all about. I've heard absolutely wonderful things about Coppinwood, uh, from a number of folks, including our mutual friend, Dave Forgan, shout out to Forgan again. Tell me about your favorite time hosting someone at Coppinwood. I think every one of them, like, there's not one I could say is better than the other. Like, every experience with every guy I've hosted has been fantastic. They they walk away loving the course. They're just, they're great people. Um, we've had, you know, wonderful, uh, you know, wonderful experiences out in the golf course. Um, we've always walked the golf course, every one of us. And, we just, and so it's a nice, you know, it's a four-hour conversation about the course, about what they like about it, what, how challenging they find it, um, you know, gr great stories from them, you know, and, and so that's, you know, to me is worth every piece of it because it's that affirmation about my course as well, right? And what other people are seeing and how, how their experience is on that course. And, and so every one of them um, has been a, a, an amazing hosting opportunity for me. What unique experiences has Thousand Greens enabled for you that you would not have otherwise had? If I, if I feel like I want to go golf somewhere, I have this family now of people that I can reach out to um, that I didn't have before. And it doesn't matter where it is. If I'm going to the UK, there's a whole group of people out there. If I'm going to go to Asia, there's a group of people there. Obviously, there's a massive group of people in the U.S. that I can go to. Um, and all different types of courses and all different kinds of cities. I mean, there's a group down in, in uh, Oklahoma and, and Arkansas area that are begging people to come down and play there, right? And these are great courses because nobody comes to visit them down there, right? So, you know, like, like it's just, it's a family, it's, it's more, it feels like more of a family experience. Um, and I, and I think that the, that's, that to me is the, the experience I wouldn't get anywhere else is just open arms every time. Um, that, that you, you reach out to somebody, they're, they're always happy. And even if they can't host you, you know, so if you, if you put, uh, you know, you put a, a request out to be hosted, um, I might get five responses and someone says, Hey, look, I really would have loved to have done it, but I'm out of town this week. Next time you're in, ping me. Or, Hey, I'm also a member of this club. And, you know, if, if you get up down to this city, let me know. I just don't happen to be in town this week. I mean, it's just, it's so nice that, that, you know, the way people treat you. Uh, if they're, I think if they understand what Thousand Greens is all about, they're all about that that same experience. They, they're they're all very positive about how they want to treat you because their expectations will be treated well in return. So with the sort of family feel that you're talking about, um, where where in the world would you like to explore using Thousand Greens? 
So there's a lot of places in the U.S. I haven't been able to get to. I think I was, uh, you know, again, globally, I got a chance to play a lot of different places. I, I'd, I'd like to play actually in in England, like in 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 around London. And I did have some of those opportunities and COVID hit. Um, so I was, I was ready to go out and, and do some of those. Um, but there's a lot of places in the U.S. I haven't had a chance to play, you know, through my work, I got kind of stuck in Florida a lot and California a lot. Um, and, but New Jersey, you know, like there's just so many great opportunities out there and so many great courses and, and we're close enough. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a short drive, but yeah, I'm going down to Palm Springs. We're meeting up at, uh, at a charity tournament with, uh, Yomi, shout out to Yomi. Uh, he's got a, a, a tournament he's doing down in Palm Springs. So there's a group of us getting together. We're going to go down there and play. We got a couple more events. Um, that we're going to be doing through the spring in various locations. And so my, 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 my dance calendar is already getting filled, which is great. What would you say to someone that's on the fence about joining Thousand Greens? No reason to be on the fence. There's, there's only one side to go to. I, yeah, it, 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 look, I've, I've, I preach it everywhere. I, I actually got two people this weekend. Uh, you know, I introduced somebody in Vegas to it. There, he's he's at Las Vegas Country Club. He'll be joining. I got another guy up at Coppinwood. I was talking to. I think when you explain it to them, and if they're, you know, if they're young and they want to golf or they want to, you know, they want to experience that kind of thing, it's a no-brainer, right? And so I think it's just it's going to fit certain people. If you're traveling a lot, it fits you perfectly. If you don't travel a lot, okay, it might be a, you know, might not be the right thing for you, but. You know, in general, I think it's it's a pretty easy sell. Um, there's not a lot of fence sitters when you're chatting with them. They're, they 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 get it, and if and if they don't get it, they might not be the right people for the network anyway. Galen, thank you so much for your time. Sincerely appreciate your thoughts. Thank you very much, Bob. I really appreciate it. Have fun, everyone. Look forward to meeting uh, anybody at uh, Thousand Greens. A great experience. Mm-hmm.